Welcome everyone to our September Aliographic Roundup. And this is our 16th uh, episode. Uh, so we're starting to build up a good number of podcasts, uh, which is pretty good. I'm happy with that. And uh, today I've got with me Sarah. Hello. And I've got Tara. Hello. And uh, and uh, I am Jurgi, so I'm from Kingston Libraries in Victoria. And um, basically we'll talk about uh, a little bit of news and then also we'll highlight some new releases. Uh, so how are things, Sarah? Oh, things are good. Um, I used, it was the last week of, my daughter's school term this week and I was so happy because I ordered a graphic novel for me not for her um, and that came through on the last day um, I ordered Donut the Destroyer yeah. um, by Sarah Grayley and Steph Purins um, so that made me really excited um, to use the Scholastic Book Club for my own devices <laughs> cool yeah, um, and you're lucky as well that you can actually uh, go to the library and things like that because I'm still in Melbourne and uh, and uh, our my library is actually opening this week. So um, we're one of the later ones. Most of them have already opened. But uh, yes, we had a few things to work through. So anyway, and how about you, Tara? How have things been? Um, I've had a very busy week with uh, studying and getting a lot of deliveries in of new books into the library after you know not having so many for a while. So catching up with that and I think because I took a week off work now I have two weeks worth of work to do. So yeah it's been a very very busy week. <laughs> uh, I, I wasn't at the library this week, I was still working from home, but I know that we've received 40 boxes of books mm. this week because obviously they couldn't do the deliveries for a few weeks. So yep. we have 40. That's four zero. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take us a few days to work our it way through all that. But at the same time, very exciting. Thing. It's exciting though, new books. Yeah. It's great. It's always, it's always great to work yeah. our way through through the books. Excellent. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, um, Tara, actually, um, you want to start with the first news item? What do you have for us? Uh, yes. Well, in between all the, the working, I've also been listening to podcasts a lot this week. And um, this just was mentioned in one of them. And I thought, oh, okay, what's that about? Um, so it's a new documentary that premiered at the this year's Sundance Film Festival and it's called Feels Good Man, which I don't know if um, if you know the Peppy the Frog meme on the internet. Yep. Um, so this story is basically about the... the um, comic creator Matt Fury who in, who actually created um, that character. Uh, it was part of his boys club. It was a web comic that he started to put on his MySpace back in the mid-2000s. And Peppy the Frog was one of the characters on it. The, the boys club 
webcomic, you know, it, it's like a sort of a college boy stoner sort of comic. Um, and at first, at first, it sort of just goes into the, the beginnings of the comic. It started to gain a bit of popularity and um, he was saying at first, you know, he didn't mind. It was great as an independent comic creator. It was... Uh, people were sharing it. He was fine with people sort of like, um, you know, morphing it a little bit for their own purposes. But then it sort of really took off and it started to, like, his character changed from a sort of peaceful, chill frog to this really um, hateful character. Um, it was... So the documentary, it's, it's sort of got two stories going. It's talking about internet memes and the language of them. But on the other hand, it's Matt Fury's story about how basically he lost control of his creation. Um, and being an independent comic artist, you know, he, he wasn't very well known. Um, he didn't have the resources to try and gain that control back. Um, he did eventually, I think it was 2016, you know, he started to sue people for copyright um, or selling merchandise, uh, but it was a little bit too late. It had already been out there for, for you know, a decade or so and um, there wasn't a lot. He's had a few wins um, with it. He actually even tried to kill Peppy at one point and he did another comic and had Peppy die and but that still didn't um didn't work so it sounds like a really interesting documentary um, it is interesting yeah, yeah. um yeah. I think it was first I think he said boys club was first published back in 2006 but I noticed Fantagraphics picked it up in 2016 so it did get published in print hmm eventually as well mm. yeah uh, the film it was released i think this month in the u.s at the moment there's no release date for australia but it is likely to be picked up by one of the streaming services yeah yeah well in victoria cinemas are still closed so you know hopefully yeah. <laughs> hopefully they'll put it in some streaming service hopefully cinemas will open soon as well um, yeah my best friend works for village cinemas and yeah um <laughs> he's kind of desperate for the cinemas to open oh there's no movies there's <laughs> yeah 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 i have been to the movies <laughs> i did go um two weeks ago uh yes in being... WA, like that's like yes. a totally different world it is but it is weird okay it's not um without its strangeness because mm. I went to the movies um, and when I was watching this film, all I could think about while watching it was that people weren't social distancing and it was set in New York and I just was like, the streets would not look like that now. And it really took me out of the experience, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it was odd. It was really odd to watch a movie and do that. Uh, I'm definitely feeling that uh, at home as well when, when I'm watching things. Yeah, th those kind of things stand out, you know. Yeah, that, that sounds like a really interesting doco, Tara. So I'll definitely um, 
see if I can get it and um, and uh, hopefully will be in a streaming service pretty soon. Yeah. Now, like so many movies are being delayed. Um, mm. Steven Spielberg's West Side Story has been delayed for one full year mm. from December to December. Black Widow has moved now to May. Yes, I just read um, that this morning. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it's just one after the other. Um, but, yeah, hopefully there will be some movies uh, coming out soon. Um, Sarah, you want to tell us uh, your news? Yes, the news item I liked, or that caught my interest, was um, the US comics and graphic novel sales charts featuring Dogman, number nine, Crime and Punishment by Dave Pilkey. Um, so in the first week, it sold 239,000 copies and was number one on both the adult and the children's bestseller lists, which is amazing, um, but also not surprising to me. But I did have a look at the figures again this week and it is number two and it has sold over 30, over 365,000 copies year to date. Yeah. Um, and so that's big news, but it's interesting because I don't think people associate comics with like middle grade children's comics, but they are the big powerhouses and they are what's driving the sales. Um, and when I talk to comics, well, when I talk to people about comics, they'll usually say, you know, um, like DC Marvel. And I do come a very from a very children's YA angle, and I'm always like, oh no, it's it's Scholastic or um, graphics, you know. That's it's interesting, and um, that was picked up in quite a few sites and articles. Um, and I'm hoping that it will start to change people's pers pers perspectives. Yeah. And also, if there's any uh, librarians out there that are struggling to get um, money or resources behind children's graphic novels and comics that would be something that i would be sharing with um employers and bosses to show them how lucrative they are yeah it's actually really interesting in that for so many years it was like uh, comics are not just for children you know they're mm. for adults as well mm. and, and now and now it's like yes children are um Comics are not just for children, but bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> children and YA uh, comics are just absolutely killing it. And uh, yeah, as you said, 230, so in that first week, it was 239,000 mm. uh, units sold in the US. And then the second best-selling book in the US that week um, sold 58,000. Yeah, that's that's mm. so. It's not only that it sold two hundred and thirty nine thousand. It's the difference between the first and the second is just astonishing. It's completely astonishing. It's a complete phenomenon, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, hopefully Dave Pilkey and Reina Togemeyer, who are the, the two that are absolutely killing it in that sense. Uh, hopefully, they create a lot more readers that uh, you know stay with comics and keep reading comics and you know open up to other things as well and i know that that's the case for example with my son mm. read uh 
right now talking about some Pilkey's uh, books, you know, but now he's branching out and reading all the stuff and uh, uh, he reads books. Uh, he's an amazing reader. Uh, he devours books actually, but mm. uh, he does love his comics as well, you know, so yeah. Yeah, and I mean, even when I looked at the um, list this week, so even though it had dropped to number two on the charts, the first book, um, it had still sold year to date, double the figures of the first book. Um, so I think that's amazing. And it's curious to know if that is um, driven by what's happened this year because books are something easy for parents to buy, um, easy for children to consume and read, and also whether it ties into um, children now being more visual, you know, with the internet and memes and um, Instagram and stuff, maybe that's also starting to come through as well. Well, the, uh, well, uh, last year, uh, last year, uh, Dogman, um, I can't remember what title it was, but uh, uh, it was a Dogman book that was the third best-selling book in the U.S. And that's best-selling mm. book overall. So that's of any category. Uh, so the Dogman book was the, the third best-selling one, even though it was published in July. So, mm. um, so yeah, he's definitely, um, the, the sales numbers are just amazing. Um, it's, he's incredibly popular. Yeah. And my son is dying to read that one. So uh, as soon as the as soon as the library opens, uh, um, um, hopefully we're getting that as, as soon as we open um, because he's dying. He asks me every day. I'm like, hello. I haven't been to the library. I can't go there yet. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but you both. You both work in libraries. Do those figures kind of correlate to your work as well? Like um, the Dogman series, are they always borrowed by people? Do they have big wait lists? Yes. Yeah. The answer is yes. They, th that book is never on the shelf. And if it is on yeah. the shelf, it's just for a few minutes. Yes. Many, many a um, young person has walked in asking, where's your Dogman books? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, uh, in junior, I would say it's it's the Dogman books. Uh, Reina Targemeyer's books are very popular. Uh, and then in, uh, they're not comics, but they're Andor books. They just, they're not on the shelf. Yeah. And Bad Guys. Yeah. Uh, I don't blame yeah. guys. They're, they're just not on the shelves. They're, they, they're always in and out. And whenever a kid asks me, do you have this one? I'm like, I'm sorry, but you're you're gonna have to reserve it because it's not mm. here. We can have a look if you want, but I guarantee it's not here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I know when Bad Guys came out, we had um, you know you don't get a lot of reserves on the junior fiction, but with that one, um, it had more reserves on it than the best-selling adult fiction at the time. Yeah. Yeah, it was a complete craze. Yeah. yeah, and we had so many copies, so many copies of the book, and they just kept going up, kept going up. They they, they never stayed in. Yeah, so yeah, that definitely they're very very popular. Moving on, I guess um, I wanted to talk about two different awards. Uh, so the first one uh, um, is the Ignatz Awards, 
they are uh, awards that uh, we created uh, that celebrate outstanding achievement in comics and cartooning. And they're based, I believe, in Washington, D.C. And uh, I, I wanted to mention them because, um, as opposed to the Will Eisner Awards, the Eisner Awards have so many different categories. These two awards have a lot less. So mm -hmm. they're a lot more focused, I like that. And uh, I wanted to mention it because uh, we have a couple of Australians who've, uh, who've received award. We have Ariel Rees uh, from Wichi, and she uh, received two awards. Uh, so she received Outstanding Online Comic for Wichi. And she also received an award for Outstanding Comic for Cry Wolf Girl. So well done, Ariel Rees, who we actually interviewed uh, earlier in the year. And uh, so we have a creative chat on our YouTube channel. And also, if you look through our podcast archive, listen to that um, creative chat that we did with her. And she's brilliant. So I'm, uh, I love her books. So um, I was very happy to see that uh, she's been recognized um, in Washington as well in these awards. And the other one was uh, basically an anthology uh, published by the NIB. Uh, and the anthology is called Big A Do Comics. And it won the Best Anthology Award. And one of the editors for this anthology is Larry Harris. And she's from Tasmania. So well done, uh, Larry, as well. And um, yeah, it's great to see um, Australian creators and editors and talent uh, being recognized in the US in different awards. And the other one that I wanted to mention, and I won't go through every category, uh, but the Harvey Awards are really worth checking out as well. I know that the Eisner is often referred to as the Oscars of comics, uh, and I guess that they're the best known. Um, but uh, I think that the Harvey Awards are, for, for me, actually, for me personally, I think they get it right uh, more often than the Eisner Award. And uh, I really like what they do. So they just uh, uh, announced their list of nominees. And um, it's really worth checking out. They, they really have a very good list of uh, nominees there. And um, the main categories are Book of the Year, Digital Book of the Year, Best Children or Young Adult Book, Best Adaptation from Comic Book or Graphic Novel, Best Manga and Best International Book. So not too many categories and a really good list of uh, nominees there. Um, so really worth checking out. And uh, they will be giving the award at the New York Comic Con, uh, which is coming pretty soon. So we'll find out pretty soon who's won in all those categories. Uh, so that should be pretty interesting to see. You know what I do like in these Harvey Awards? The, the category Best Adaptation from Comic Book Graphic Novel. So just as a, out of interest as a library, if you know um, there's a there's a movie or series tie-in 
um, these could be ones, you know, that you can promote. Yeah. To try and draw people in. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. More like the ones who, who don't normally read comics, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, and there's still, there are still so many people out there who don't realize that um, so much of the media that they consume mm. actually uh, adapted from a graphic novel. So uh, I recently had a conversation with a friend who was recommending The Old Guard and, and, uh, and he didn't realize that um, it's actually a graphic novel originally. And yeah. that got me into a conversation and we talked about so many adaptations that uh, they're doing these days and all sorts of genres as well um, that are adaptations. So, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that, that's a really good one to talk. Yeah. Um, so what is the difference between the Harvey Awards and like the Eisner? Who is behind the Harvey Awards? Yeah, so uh, the Eisner Awards are given at the San Diego Comic-Con, mm -hmm. which is the, the biggest Comic-Con in the world, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and the Harvey Awards are given at the New York Comic-Con. I would say that the Harvey Awards and the Eisner Awards are the two biggest ones um, mm. in, in the US. The two biggest awards. Uh, and then in Europe, the most important one is the Angoulême, uh, one, but because it's France, it's it's not as well known in the English-speaking world. Although mm. they're they they're starting to open up to more international publishers and things like that. But winning the Angoulême Award is, I I would say that's the for creators, it's probably like the most respected award. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And I would say. Um, for me personally, I would say that, that that's the best uh, comics festival in the world because um, they've kept it very strictly about comics. They yeah. don't have any of these, uh, you know, movies and celebrities and all that. No, it's strictly about comics. You go there and there's nothing about movies. It's all about <laughs> mm. And good on them for doing that. <laughs> Now, uh, we should move on to new releases, I think. Yes. 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 I'm with you. On. So, Sarah, <laughs> you want to, um, before we discuss our picks, we thought that we'd highlight uh, some Australian comics that are being published uh, this month. Mm -hmm. And all these will be in our uh, roundup um, on our blog. So you can check them there and there will be a lot more titles. So our roundup always has uh, a good selection of uh, comics and graphic novels uh, that are great for libraries. Uh, we can't discuss all of them. So we discuss a few little uh, selections here, uh, but we wanted to mention some Australian ones as well. So you wanna mention first uh, the Australian one that you wanted to highlight? Sarah? Yeah, I will. I highlighted um, Fence, Striking Distance, because it is not a graphic novel. Um, it is a novel, but it is based on a graphic novel series, which is quite popular. Um, and so this is released this month by Hatchet Australia. Um, Fence, Striking Distance is written by Sarah Rees Brennan. 
um, but it is based on the graphic novel Fence by C.S. Packett, who is a Melbourne-based um, creator and is illustrated by Joanna the Mad. And it is actually also a GLAAD-nominated um, graphic novel series. I've read it. It's great. Um, I really like it. And I believe it's quite popular. So I thought for people that were interested to maybe give this novel version of it a try. And I thought that was interesting. I might not know, but I always thought, um, you know, comic adaptions would come from novels. I didn't think it was usual for them to do it the other way around. So I'd be interested to see how it translates. Yeah, there are a few, not many, but there are a few, especially I've noticed some mangas that have been then uh, released also as uh, chapter books and things like that. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's not too common. Uh, but uh, yeah, CS CS Packard, who created Fans, and she's the the writer. Um, she published uh, YA novels before she wrote this comic, so maybe that's why also there was a way mm. in uh i love this series i love these series of comics <laughs> they're, they're so they're so much fun easy to read um but so much fun and they've been very popular at my library as well i have to say and the the, uh, the two graphic novels that i wanted to mention as well are bunny girl by holly jane uh and chicken sorrows by james foley so these two are published uh, this month and they're both Australian creators. So check them out. And with James Foley, um, we are going to have him soon uh, for a creator chat. So watch this space as well. Now, uh, Tara, you wanna uh, discuss your first pick of this month? Yes, my, my pick for this month is actually not a new uh, graphic novel. It's um, a re-release of quite an old one, um, actually very, very old, the novel itself, yes, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Um, this is by Bernie Wrightson, who first published uh, this graphic version of the novel in 1983, and that was by Marvel. Apparently it took him seven years to do the illustrations for this book, and these illustrations are so fine and so detailed. Um, I read recently they said there was no whiteout on his work, which meant like he never made a mistake. He was that um, cautious. Obviously, it took that much time <laughs> and effort. So um, very beautiful, gothic, black and white, uh, very, you know, with the style of Frankenstein. Um, it was again released at the 25th anniversary edition in 2008 by Dark Horse Comics. This year it is being published by Simon & Schuster. Uh, there are 50 of his illustrations throughout the book, full page illustrations. And actually recently I read, I think it was beginning of this year, they auctioned some of his, he passed away in 2017, they auctioned some of his original artwork from Frankenstein. And I think um, it said the wraparound cover sold for over a million dollars. Wow. Apparently he's the only the third American comic illustrator to break that million dollar mark. 
on original artwork. So um, and very well deserved. Yeah, uh, I have to say, um, I've, I've always loved horror, and as a kid, I used to read the creepy magazine, and and uh, they, you know, they published lots of short stories by different creators, and Bernie Wrightson was one that um, was often a regular in the creepy magazine, and his illustrations always stood out. His art is just mind-blowing, mind-blowing. Yeah. Uh, I've always loved his style. So, um, yeah, th this is um, a beautiful book. It really is. Yes, it will be a beautiful, beautiful edition. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Uh, Sarah? Yes. Okay. I have picked uh, Fangs by Sarah Anderson. Um, I originally discovered this series on Tapas. Um, it was a little app you can use to read web comics and I just devoured it. Um, it is a love story between a vampire and a werewolf. Um, so for libraries, if you, I know um, the Twilight, last Twilight novel came out recently. If you want to put up a display for something other than Twilight, but in that theme, I would put this because it is charming, it's funny, um, it just chronicles their relationship, um, the difficulties about one person being a vampire, the other being a werewolf. But it's very sweet and I really enjoyed reading it and it just was something nice um, and cute. So that's my recommendation. Um, I'm very excited to have it in a novel, graphic novel form. Excellent. Uh, I actually didn't know uh, about this book, so I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to look into it. Yeah. Uh, and after your, you tell us about these beautiful and cute and warm and fussy <laughs> kind of graphic novel, I'm going to bring it down. I'm going to bring it down. <laughs> it's just uh, my angle. <laughs> I'm talking about Slaughterhouse Five. <laughs> um, so this is an adaptation of the Kurt Vonnegut um, book, and it's created by Ryan North uh, and Albert Montes. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it because um, this is this is gonna make me sound pretty bad, but this is a, this is one of those books that I've always said I. I have to read that. I I want to read it. I do want to read it, and uh, I still haven't read it. Um, <laughs> and I'll probably have to read it before I read this graphic novel. I think I'll read the book first and then the graphic novel. But uh, I'm really excited because uh, I think Ryan North is um, pretty cool guy. I really like um, some of the stuff that he's done. He's Best known, I guess, for most people for the unbeatable Squirrel Girl. And Albert Montes is um, an excellent, excellent artist. I love his work. Um, and I highly recommend, actually, uh, his graphic novel that he published called Universe, that he published through Panel Syndicate. And you can actually get it through the Panel Syndicate website. It's a digital release, and you just pay what you want. For it and read it and there's also some great work from Brian Vaughn um, 
from Panel Syndicate as well. Uh, so yeah, I, I love his art. I had a look at some of the preview pages for this adaptation and, and it's, it's just classic Albert Monty's style. I just love his style. Obviously, I haven't read the graphic novel, but it seems like they've really nailed it and it's a very faithful adaptation of the book, um, which, is a, which is good to hear because sometimes with graphic novels, you just don't know how they're going to adapt it or how much they're going to cut. Thankfully, this is not um, a very long book and it seems like that they were able to, to really adapt the book and faithfully and do it justice. So I'm really, really looking forward to it. And I'm going to do the combo. I'm going to read the book and then I'm going to read the graphic novel. Why not? After all these years, see? Uh, graphic, a graphic novel is actually making me read the book. It's a good thing. <laughs> Very good thing. And there's lot of House Five for those who don't know. It's, uh, I mean, it's a very well-known novel, but it's, a, it's an anti-war uh, novel kind of science fiction as well. It's got some science fiction and very interesting book uh, and uh, a book that has been uh, in, you know, top 20 lists of the 20th century um, many, many times. Probably doesn't need much of an introduction. <laughs> <laughs> and I still haven't read it. Yes, I confess. <laughs> and I'm a librarian. How disgraceful. <laughs> Oh, look, I haven't read it either. So. Yeah, don't, don't, I haven't read it either. <laughs> right. Now we've all got to go read it now. But, uh, that's the thing, though. It's, it's the joke, isn't it? That uh, very often at the library, uh, patrons will tell you, and you haven't read this and you're yeah. a librarian? <laughs> yeah, but there are millions of books. Why yeah. you, you know? I just haven't read that one, but I've read so many others. <laughs> But don't you know, don't you know we sit around and read all day? That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but by the way, may, maybe just to, to finish up, maybe we can say what, what we've been reading lately. Um, what have I been reading? I ordered um, Moonstruck, volume one and two, yep. um, because they make me really happy. Um, they're this really cute graphic novel series about... Um, Oh, there's werewolves. I'm going on a bit of a theme this week. Um, werewolves and fairies um, and there's lots of mischief involving magic and they're just really beautiful pastel colours and, you know, everything's round and curvy and I just really enjoy those. Um, they're what I've been reading. That's the kind of graphic novel that I like reading at the library during my lunch break, you know? <laughs> Uh, something yeah. like mooncakes or yeah pumpkin head or you know it's just it's just something easy light you know yeah I, I like reading that kind of thing yeah when I'm at the library how about you Tara you want to tell us what you've been um, reading lately well I've been did I haven't actually I'm not actually reading any graphic novels at the moment because I've just been really busy but I do have one that I read a chapter of uh, professional development, which is, um, let's bring it up here, maximising the impact of comics in your library. Graphic novels, manga and more. Jack Phoenix has just come out this year. Yep. So, um, yeah, when I've got a bit of time, I actually bought it as an e-book. Um, e so when I've got a moment, I'll just read a, read a chapter and 
Yeah. Take some notes and yeah. It looks like a really, really interesting book. I don't have it yet, but it looks like a really interesting book. I've been thinking of ordering that one too. Yeah. Yeah, because we're trying to refresh our collection, so it's good. I'm just trying. It's it goes into a little bit of cataloging, readers advisory, mm. promoting your collection. So um, yeah, it's it's helpful. Yeah, excellent. And yeah, I, I look into it. I think I, I I think I have to order it. I have been. I, I do have it in my list of things to do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, and for me personally, I've actually been. Um, I usually never read manga. So um, I usually never read manga because, not, not because I don't like it, uh, but because uh, the series usually just go on forever. And <laughs> I, I'm a person who, I like, I like to read something that has an ending and I, mm -hmm. I, can, see the, I can see the ending, you know, in, on the horizon. And, and with manga, they usually just scare me. Like, I don't want to even start with One Piece because it's just, it's just never ending and things like that. But I've been eyeing for a long time Vinland Saga uh, because it just looked awesome. And I love Vikings and Nordic mythology. And I always have since I was a little kid. And... I always thought, oh, that looks like a really good manga. The last four days, I've read one volume a day. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, yeah, I'm absolutely loving it. I'm absolutely hooked. And, of course, then I'm going um, to have a problem because uh, I'm going to catch up. And then it seems like the creator is already in it. He said that he's already in his kind of starting his last story arc. But starting his last story arc means that uh, it will probably be about four or five years before he finishes. <laughs> so um, that's going to be a long wait. How many volumes is that so far? Um, how many volumes so far? I'm not sure, actually. Um, so I've read four in four days. And uh, and how many volumes he's got so far? Let, let me have a quick look. As look, as mangas go, it's not the longest, you know. Um, Still a commitment, though. Yeah, of course, of course, always, <laughs> uh, <laughs> always. Twenty-three. Okay, it's not too bad. It's doable. Yeah. <laughs> Twenty-three volumes. There you go. So, uh, yeah. Three more weeks, you'll be right. You'll be up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I'm doing well. I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> we should probably finish there and leave mm -hmm. it. And um, thank you for joining me, Sarah and Tara. And uh, uh, next month, it will be someone else here. Um, every month, we try to have um, someone different. The next uh, podcast and create a chat is going to be with Sean Keenan. Uh, who will be discussing um, the comics that um, he's been doing. So he'll be discussing mostly Extreme Champion Tournament. Uh, Talos of Sparta is his new one, and also Transhuman. So um, that should be out sometime in mid-October. So keep your eye out for that one. Thanks for listening to Aliagraphic Podcast. 
Hit the subscribe button on our YouTube page and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at Aliagraphic, email us at aliagraphicinfo at gmail.com and check our blog, aliagraphic.blogspot.com for updates, monthly roundups of news and new release titles.